Uh, hello recovery fam and welcome back to the unashamed recovery podcast i'm one of your amazing hosts josh i'm another host drew yep back again i'm palmer this is season four episode 45 and today we're going to be talking with me palmer. we're going to learn more about me today with uh the the title of this episode is affectionately called sex drugs and rock and roll that's right without the drugs I love it. We're going to replace that with God. (laughs) We are eventually, but today we're going to learn more about me. I figure since I've been here like four or five episodes now, we might as well tell my story and let y'all get to know a little bit about me. And with that, roll that intro. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh and Drew starts now. Here at Unashamed Recovery, we believe that there is healing in the story of our scars and that it is okay to not be okay. It is our mission to break the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real addiction from real people and real recovery and real sobriety. That's right. And like we've already said, our guest today is none other than Palmer, who has just kind of showed up one day and he hasn't left. You know, we, Stole the show. We, we fed him. That was, we, that's where we messed up. I'm like a stray cat. You can't we fed feed, him. You can't feed yeah. me. And then, we fed you know, him at CR. Yeah. He just never left. No, we he, we bring him here to, to manage the, the audio. and <laughs> He just stays. We, we leave the building. We cut the lights off. We lock the doors. He just stays. And yeah. see, the problem was is the microphone was too close to my mouth. And y'all know how I am with the microphone. Oh, I can't Lord. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that center stage light. Center stage light. <laughs> gotta, gotta be center stage, baby. All right. Well, I personally have known Palmer for the uh, the last year and a half. The good Lord introduced me and Palmer through a, uh, a mutual friend, and we uh, we met up. I was invited to, to speak up one night at a CR in Flowood, Mississippi, at the Foundry Church, and uh, Palmer and his band were there playing, and we kind of met that night, and we just kind of have continued, and we traveled all over almost what four states yeah it <laughs> seemed like and just traveling and We're sharing on tour yeah i'll never go back on tour with them guys <laughs> <laughs> and we just we, we traveled sharing about my story and sharing the gospel and palmer and micah were doing amazing worship and they were a part of our the understand recovery's first recovery rally last year and uh anyway it is truly an honor for Palmer to be able to, to be a part of the show the way he is and for us to finally hear his story, especially after his amazing promotion two months ago to Employee of the Month. <laughs> oh. Yay, Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Waiting on my Applebee's gift card. Yeah. Without further delay, Palmer, what does Chapter 1 of palmer's story look like look we we've talked about this me and you josh have talked about this plenty of times my story is not much different than yours um whereas i didn't almost lose my family or anything like that i kind of um i straightened up long before that but i i guess we'll go back to as a teenager you know we're titling this sex drugs and rock and roll that's what i wanted i wanted to be a star I wanted the notoriety, I wanted the fame, I wanted the fortune, and honestly, I wanted every woman that walked through the door. Didn't matter, size, shape, color, I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I had a serious addiction to women. I still have a serious addiction to women, it's just one woman. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married to my awesome wife. 
for uh, 12 years in August. We have three amazing kids, 16, 15, and 11. Two of those are teenage girls, so please, <laughs> please pray for me. <laughs> so um, my story starts um, when I was very young. It started when realize. you were born? Yeah, it started when I was born. <laughs> Oddly enough, it started right there at conception. <laughs> <laughs> my story starts with generational curses. To be quite honest. And, and so I have to be completely open and honest here. I have not been through yet the step program of CR. I, st- I guess I became um, sober before I was introduced to CR. Before uh, Micah and I, um, in Given Grace, started playing at different CRs. And so that's, um, we, we were just randomly asked, you know, hey, can you come play at a CR? They knew that we we lead worship. And so that kind of started our our venture with CR. So I had already kind of gotten sober before all of that. However, through going to these CRs and leading worship, I learned that not only did I have a sex addiction, a porn addiction, but I also had an anger addiction. Yeah. And I didn't know that anger was an addiction. Yep. And so I can say that my story starts with the generational curse of anger. Mm. I know that my grandfather yelled and screamed. I know that my father yelled and screamed. And I know that I have yelled and screamed. And um, I did not know that that was an addiction, but I, I that is definitely the very first one. Yeah. I also know, and I'm not blaming my dad at all, but I'm a lot like him in the fact that whether he wants to admit it or not, he's addicted. He was addicted to sex too. Yeah. Um, and and he'll he he would not, you know, mind me sharing this part of his story because he's given his life to, to Christ as well. But you know. He wanted every woman that walked through the bar too. He was a bouncer at a at a nightclub, a, a big nightclub in Shreveport, and um, you know he was he was a pretty good looking dude. You know he was buff back in his thirties, so and he you was did not, not get your looks from your dad. Then. No, I did not. I looked like him, but not not like that. But he he was be a, nice. Josh. He was a big dude in in the good way, in the yeah. good sense, you know. And so women loved him, and he loved women, and so that's. Um, probably the fact that that door was always open, you know, and we saw dad with, you know, multiple yeah. women throughout my life. Um, that probably helped take on my addiction of I want every woman to. Um, well, and you know, and you know, that was seeded into you early on. Right. And it was one of the things where you just you saw it as normal. Right. I will say that, you know, a lot of generational curses that I've heard of uh, revolve around like alcohol. And there is a huge generational curse on my family with alcohol. But my father cut that. Like, oh, wow. He was able to not be addicted to alcohol. He can drink. And uh, just like him, I can drink if I want to. Doesn't bother me if I do or don't. My brother's the same way. But somehow my father was able to, to kill that generational curse. So that's interesting because the same with my father. Uh, my father's dad was a uh, an alcoholic who abandoned my father and his siblings when my father was very young. My you know, His dad was a, a really bad alcoholic. My dad cut that just like the same as you so i've never seen my dad with alcohol or drunk and i can i can pick up a beer and i can drink one beer and i'll be fine right so that that you know it's not it's not our our bag yeah you know for whatever reason dad was able to just not that not be his bag he can drink if he wants to um, I've never seen him drunk, um, and I can drink when I want when I want to, and or I could never have another drink again. He's the same way. My brother's the same. Right. However, my uncle. Yeah, if I have one, I'm, that's it. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah, my I'm uncle, t- and my no, grandfather I'm tied in bad. for a while. What, what is that saying? Uh, One's too many, a thousand's never no, enough. It's uh, 
I think that replies to women. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something on the lines of you can go to the party and have one. I go to the party. I don't start. I don't stop until I'm naked on the street. Oh no! <laughs> then that's so, the difference. Is, is that so? I, my the one I used to say was, or still say when people ask, you know, I'm always like, well, you know, you can have one and go home. I'll have one and go to jail. That's right. Yeah, that yeah, it's on the same line. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, have one good. and end up in jail by yeah. the time it's all said and done. Yeah, yeah. So, as soon as I know what they a lot of people, as soon as that that top pops, man, it's 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 all in or nothing. But on the flip side of that, I know people who can go and look at a uh, a pornographic image and not affect them, or you know, it won't ever cross their mind again. But me, it's like it, ingrained in ingrained like in the I, brain. I, I obsess over it until you know we, we, we've seen where that leads. So if we go back to, um, you know, I started in bands. Um, well, I, I started singing on stage very young. Uh, in fact, um, what you don't know about me is my very first performance was at church, and I was rapping. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, dressed oh. dressed up like a you know little little uh, manger boy. In a uh, church play, and they had like this little rap part that nobody else wanted to do, and I I did it. So that was my very first performance. But from there, you know, I wanted I wanted to be a country star. I wanted to be the next Garth Brooks, and um, so I okay. laced I laced them up, and I you know did every talent show I could find, and and uh, did everything I could, and then I I was introduced to rock music. Uh, my best friend Ken. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, he was big into into bands like Corn and Marilyn Manson and and all that, and um, that so that introduced me to rock, and um, that's kind of where the the lifestyle started. Like you know, I was watching. You know, you got talking. We're, we're talking about ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety nine, two thousand. I graduated in two thousand, so um, the height of new metal, I guess, or the beginning of new metal. Limp Biscuit, Corn, Stained. Um, I wanted to be like that. Plus, I had grown up. I literally grew up on country music and '80s hair metal. <laughs> that was that was my that was my upbringing. My my mom loved country music and '80s hair metal. My dad loved country music and '80s hair metal. So that's what I grew up on. So then you get to read stories, you know, and hear stories, watch videos and stuff about them, you know, getting all lit and uh, gluing the the furniture to the top of the to the ceiling and hotel rooms and throwing things out i wanted to live that lifestyle look like a whole lot of fun let's be honest what it was was you saw corn and the jinko jeans and you wanted you're like yep <laughs> gotta have those wild i had those jeans. i had those i had jinko jeans baby i, well, I had a pair what in air walks yeah like look with i still walks. wear my hat backwards like i'm uh fred durst from limp biscuit <laughs> you can see me right now my hat's on backwards as if i'm 20 years old again but that kind of started me down the road, man. I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah, look, you turn on MTV and you see a band like Limp Biscuit or or Stained or Corn or something like that, and you watch that crowd just jump in unison, and know that that performer caused that to happen. That turned me on in ways that I didn't didn't even understand, and so that's kind of where it started. Um, at eighteen, nineteen, I started. Uh, playing in 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 metal bands where i sang and i also learned to scream and uh wanted to be a rock star at 23 the bass player of the band that i was in at the time we decided since the band was breaking up we decided look 
you've got he's he's a little bit older than I, I am. You've got a great background in music on the the rock side, the classic rock side and all of that. I've got a great background in music as far as 80s hair metal and country. Why don't we combine that? Mm-hmm. And we'll just grab an acoustic guitar and we'll go around town and we'll play shows. And we'll do everything. All these songs that nobody else is doing. So while everybody else was out doing like Brown Eyed Girl and Margaritaville, we didn't. And Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, we didn't do none of that. <laughs> we did like <laughs> Billie Jean and Kiss, My mm. Prince. We did some Kiss. We did some, you know, Poison. We did stuff like that. We, we, we did something different. And we were in bars. Bon Jovi. Did you oh, do yeah. Bon Jovi? oh, yeah. You know I had to do Bon Jovi. Come on. We did, we did something different. And we were in bars, you know, four or five nights a week. Yeah. And that really, really started the sexual addiction. Because now you're surrounded by beautiful women who are drunk and have no ambition. Okay? So, if you take me back to high school, I'm not the guy that the cheerleader wants. I'm not the guy that that most of these women want. I'm their friend. Mm -hmm. I'm the funny fat guy. And so they're coming to me with all their problems and, oh, he broke my heart. And I'm like, you should have been with me, you know, but you can't say that. You know, I'm trying to be their, their friend, too. Well, then you, you become the lead singer of a band. And now it's there. You know what I mean? Now, now it's right there at the tip, tip your, uh, of my fingertips. Now, once we really put a band together, that's where it all went downhill because everybody, all, all these beautiful women would walk up to me every single night and ask me if the drummer was single <laughs> every single but every now and again you yeah. found one that really wanted to go home with the singer i think she was probably just too drunk i like that attention yeah i like the sexual gratification it was appealing enticing it made me feel alive to be with not any woman I, I want, but to be able to go home with a woman almost every night or at least, you know, five or six times a month when you're playing every weekend. That makes a non-Christian man feel alive. Yeah. Well, and also it starts feeding other areas of your life, too. It starts feeding... Uh, this this the need for you know affirmation like I, I you know like that was my thing like I needed to know that that somebody wanted me that, right. that, that was, desired yeah yeah and that's exactly what it was and when I couldn't bring home that woman well I have the internet and we know now you can find anything you want on the internet that also enhanced the of course now look we could go all the way back to the beginning I didn't find my you know, my, my dad's porn stash or anything. But, I mean, look, I, I knew there were Playboys and stuff like that. So, yeah, I looked through that, too. But my porn addiction didn't start until I was long into having sex with every woman I could find. And then if I couldn't have sex that night, I was going to go watch porn. I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is or way it was. Well, and also, you know, speaking of that, you know, now it's more kind of culturally accepted. Yeah. You know. Unfortunately. I remember back when, whenever I was first kind of getting started you, know, you had to make that drive to the video rental store and then you had to go in the in the back behind the curtain good lord and, son how and, old are you 
I'm not that old, but that's that's how back that's how far back. Don't that pay old. attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> that's how far back you know that you know. Yeah, Blockbuster didn't have a a, a special <laughs> section, but those mom and pop joints yeah. they sure did actually. We uh, there was a store in my hometown. It was in a, a single wide trailer, and uh, that ought to tell you, you something. You walk in and you can't see because the cloud of smoke, and uh, you went in the back room behind the curtain, and there was all the. Just row after row of it. You just, I mean, find anything you want to. Almost, but, you know, but now you can. But yeah, now now, and you can do it from the comfort of your home and hide in your shame. <laughs> and which, uh, let's stop right right here for just a second. The reason I feel led to tell the pornographic part of my story is because I truly believe that if we let it, porn will kill the church. It is it yeah. is the sin that is the easiest to hide. Yes, it is. your your pastor, you know, God, we hope we hope that's not it. But your pastor could be doing that, and you would never know. Well, and they did a study, and I'm wanting to, I, I, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but I want to say that it was something on the lines of forty seven percent of pastors admit to looking at porn, not in porn addiction, but looking at porn. Right. Now that's forty seven percent. It's just the ones admitting it. That's, yeah, that's the ones that are admitting it. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it is a problem. It's it's a big time problem. Oh, yeah, and man. there's a lot of things out there now. Um, you know, I listen to uh, Cooper stuff, John Cooper, and uh, one of his uh, the ads that they're running uh, now is about a accountability thing that you put on your phone or put on your computer or whatever that that allows somebody that you trust to keep you accountable. So, I mean, there there are. They're starting to get there. There's a lot of a lot of uh, great things that are going on to to try well, to help combat that. And also, uh, and I can't speak for every state, but if you're in the state of Mississippi, state of Mississippi has done passed some legislature where uh, it, age verification age verification on porn sites. Uh, I've been hearing a bunch about that, and there's other states getting on board with that. I don't know. I don't know what states is, but I know Mississippi is on that. So if you're in Mississippi and you go to visit one of those sites. You have to put in your driver's license number, right. and they tell you we cannot guarantee that when you put it in, it doesn't. You know, it won't go off across the dark web yeah. and everywhere else. So it kind of. So you're selling your soul to this porn website. Just know you're going to sell the rest of you to the anybody that yeah. can get a hold of your license. Right. <clears throat> so there's steps. You know, there there's a. Uh, I follow a lot of people on Twitter and Instagram that. Are making huge strides in the fight against Pornhub. Where, if you've been paying attention, Pornhub they just found tons and tons of child rape videos that yep. were uploaded to that website that people were making money off of. Right. We've got way off topic, Sorry. and I apologize about that. But no, anyway, no, it's all good. Like I, I just, I really wanted to bring light, uh, bring the light to the porn epidemic that truly I believe is going on. Well, so that's why I talk about it. I'm, I'm going to hit on this one thing, and then we're going to get back to your story. It is an epidemic, and if you're listening, somebody you know right now is more likely affected by porn because the latest statistic that I read, there are 1.9 billion visits to Pornhub a year, which comes out to one, I think it's like 1.1 million visits an hour for the whole year. Uh, and that's just Pornhub. There's tons of other websites out there like I want to say, man, Drew, 
I'm yeah, Drew, s- tell us about your collection over there. What 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 I'm, size do you know about it? I don't have any. I, I, so to be honest, I mean, I, I feel out of place on this one. Um, only because I've never really, of course, I mean, being a, a male and, and just I've visited porn sites, but just as far as like being addicted and having to go back and you know, I've just never really experienced that. You know, yeah, um, that's that because Drew's a uh, very handsome gentleman. He didn't have to uh, go look at <laughs> oh websites. Yeah, he's a drummer. <laughs> he's the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to go to look at websites. He, uh, they were always asking, "Is your drummer singing?" <laughs> but, oh my but, goodness! But getting get back to my one statement right quick. Oh, right before I cut to Drew, I want to say it's like seventy percent of the internet is porn. Like, it may not be quite that high, but it's wouldn't surprise. It's me. over fifty percent is is porn. Anyway, well, back, it wouldn't surprise. Me. Back to our our guest. Yeah, more about me, less about yeah, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good place for us to pay some bills pay some bills let's take a break don't push that button don't get out of your car stay right there we'll be right back with more of Palmer's amazing story of sex drugs rock and roll not so much drugs (laughs) we'll we'll be right back (laughs) Unashamed Recovery Podcast is heard around the world in over 42 countries, including over 780 cities in all 50 states here in the United States. People around the world are hearing the message of the hope of recovery from addiction, and that's because of listeners like you who donate, but also because of our sponsors. Local sponsors like D's Automotive in Meridian, Mississippi, serving the East Central Mississippi and West Alabama areas for over 42 years. D's is a name you can trust when it comes to your vehicle. For all your complete car care needs and service and towing and car locks, that's D's Automotive. Go by and see Miss Jeannie, Mike, and the boys at 5024 Poplar Springs Drive. That's 5024 Poplar Springs Drive in Meridian. Or give them a call at 601-482-1800. That's 601-482-1800. 1800 and tell them that Josh and Drew sent you. Unashamed Recovery is also sponsored internationally by Sober Life Love, a sober dating site made for the sober community. Are you tired of the dating scene revolving around alcohol and drugs? Do you want to find someone who shares your commitment to a sober lifestyle? Look no further than SoberLife.Love. The Sober Life Love platform is specifically designed for individuals who are sober and seeking a partner who shares in their same values. Whether you're in recovery, prefer not to drink, or simply choose to live a sober lifestyle, we provide a safe and supportive community for you to connect with like-minded individuals with our advanced matching algorithms, you can find compatible partners who understand your journey and respect your choices. From sober activities to meaningful conversations, our dating services offers a variety of ways to connect and build relationships. Soberlife.love is the new way to connect with people who understand and support your journey. Join today for free at www.soberlife.love. That's www.soberlife.love. Now back to your normally scheduled programming right here on Unashamed Recovery Podcast. And we're back. That's right. You thought you were done listening to the irritating sounds of 
Josh Drew Just and Palmer, Josh. but uh, <laughs> but you were wrong. We are we're back with more of the drama that is Palmer's story. The chaos, dun, 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 dun. The, the drama, the chaos, the whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I was about to throw out Can some we words. Can start calling him Captain Chaos? Captain Chaos. Captain there chaos. it is. I like it. <laughs> That's me. I'm no longer the happy American. It's I'm no Captain longer chaos. the spirit of chaos. I'm now Captain Chaos. That one should stick. All right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so so you you're you're right, in so I'm, the. I'm, you're, I'm 23 years old, and I'm not touring, but I'm touring. You know what I mean? I'm playing casinos, playing bars, doing weddings and stuff like that, and I'm. I, so you're you're sea level Bon Jovi. That's right. I, I, I'm not even sea level. But I'm 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 there, right? Um, <laughs> that seat, that D, D-lister. I, I, I'm not even D. I'm I'm so far down the list. It's it. They wouldn't. They don't. They still more, don't know. More like an M. 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 I'm on the M list. M list. Gotcha. Uh, everybody else cancels. He made call it. me. It <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. Is not much has changed because that's still how it is in the recovery circle. That's exactly. <laughs> how it is. If, if you need a recovery, uh, if you need worship led at your church or recovery, and everybody else cancels, please contact Given Grace at Given Grace Music. Just do a plug. Yeah. Just do a plug. If 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 your normally scheduled worship leader cancels, that's right. You can always always count on Palmer and Micah. We'll show up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Oh. So Drew's so anyway. going to be there to play the sandbox. Like, yeah. So. You're you're 23. You're you're an M lister, playing these casinos and. So I, I, <laughs> I got to play casino. <laughs> I did this for seven years. I didn't have to have a regular job for seven years. I was able to help book other bands. I booked my band, and I didn't have to have a regular job. Man, um, I did have uh, a daughter in that process. Um, also in that process, I ended up meeting my wife and her daughter, who I end up adopting. Um, but and. <laughs> To tell you the truth, and I don't think I've ever told this story, but I will. Um, my wife, before she was my wife, she knew that I had a hard drive of pictures of either women I've been with or women I wanted to be with. I had a hard drive, and she knew about it. And um, uh, probably about a month into our relationship, you know, she'd, she'd already moved in. That's a horse of a whole another color situation. <laughs> but she'd moved in, and um, she was like, you got to get rid of this. This is not right. You know what I mean? But like, that's, it, it was easy. It was easy for me. I had enough female friends and had enough sexual partners by the time I met my wife that I could literally text somebody and say, show me. And I would get a text back with a picture. Easy. And I'm not trying to, to boast or brag. In fact, if you see me, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most handsome dude, even in this room, but I just had the charisma, I guess. And I tell people now. It's the mohawk. That's what it was. <laughs> I did have a mohawk back then. Too. That's, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> it's not my wife's favorite part of me is not the mohawk. I'm not. I, I can see that. She, that, that is not she's, a shocker. She, she's not a fan. As long as I keep this beard, she's okay. I had a way of just being able to talk to people. Yeah. And being able to interact on stage. And so I, told, I tell people nowadays, God allowed me to go seven years to learn how to be an entertainer so that when he finally changed my life and I was ready to use my skills for him, that I could be an, an engager hmm. because while there is a huge difference in engagement 
in worship and entertaining as a secular musician, the process is, is, is a lot of the same. And so I was able to hone my skills as a entertainer so that eventually I could use them to engage people in worship. Yeah. So I meet my wife 14 years ago. Um, why we, we met 16 years ago, technically um, met on plenty of fish.com and she made me chase her for two years. So while I went and, and, you know, had any woman I wanted and she had any man that she wanted to, um, we talked and texted and emailed and, you know, talked on the phone and for two years. She refused to meet me. She knew who I was from the scene. Like she had seen us play many times, but refused to meet me because I honestly, she's not going to tell you this, but I think it was, I, I'm not, I'm not her type. You know, her boyfriend before me, he was like six, five and buff. I'm five, 11 and a half and fat. You know, I'm the funny fat guy. That's, that's, that is how I eventually got her. But, you know, like I said, going back to high school, I didn't get a lot of girls back then because I was just the funny fat guy. Well, and also you weren't a drummer. I wasn't the drummer. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> to be quite honest, I always wanted to be the drummer, and I can play a little bit, but not not as good as Drew. So. I'll teach you. Thank you, Drew. Somebody's <laughs> going to teach me. Fine. That way you can be the drummer. I want to be the Then they're going to start asking about the singer. So are you going to start singing? Well, no, so then, <laughs> sure. so then he'll, you know, he'll have it all wrapped up. He can drum and sing. Right. Yeah. All right. So we'll fast forward. I don't find. Yes, because you're not Drew. You're not getting two episodes. So. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't find recovery from CR. Okay. We moved over to to the Richland, uh, Mississippi area. We moved to Richland 12 years ago. So right after my son's born, we move over here. So you know, at the time we've got. Two, two, uh, two little girls, and now we've got a son. Before we moved over here, I have a revelation with God. See, me and Rissa—that's my wife. Me and Rissa—we're fighting. Um, I, I think I'm really bad with dates and times, and so like, I'm not the person that can tell. Like I heard Micah say last night, I was, I, I gave my life to Christ in, uh, in March of blah blah blah, and I was <laughs> like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I know where I was and how it all went down. I was at the gym, believe it or not. I was at the gym. I was running, quote unquote, running on the, the uh, elliptical. And there was nobody else in there. Was there video evidence? Because I don't believe it. <laughs> Probably somewhere. <laughs> that he was running? I, yeah. I, in a gym I, and I, running. I know. <laughs> I was running on an elliptical. Be Me and Rissa nice had been fighting. Judge. Me and Rissa had been fighting a lot. And... I'm on this elliptical. There's nobody else in the gym. And I just start crying. And I said, God, I, th- I believe that I'm saved. But if I'm not, I need you to come in my life right now and take over. Because I can't do this anymore. Mm. I can't. I can't take this. I know. Uh, so we're married. And I told Rissa to begin with, like, if we're going to get married, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm not getting married to anybody else again. You know, I don't care. This is it. I'm one and done. Yeah. Um, it took me this long to, to get here. I'm not doing it again. And so I'm sitting there bawling in a gym all by myself, telling God, I need you to change me. Now, here's the big problem. I'm hardheaded. And so while God took over my life right then and saved my spirit, washed me clean, it took me 
many years to actually fully give in. So Given Grace has been together since 2018. It was 2017 when I finally fully gave in to my commitment to God and fully gave my life to God in the, in the way of, I'm only going to do music for you. Yeah. I will not go and try to, you know, I tried to be a cruise, a cruise ship entertainer. I, I, want, I tried to get back into the casinos and bars when we moved over here to, to, to the Jackson area. It wasn't until 2017 when I finally said, okay, I'm done. I'm done with doing it my way. I'm going to do it yours. Hmm. And so by the time I entered CR a year and a half ago, two years ago, leading worship for CRs, I had already been, quote unquote, sober. Okay. And didn't really understand the fullness of my addictions from back then. Mm -hmm. Um, I will still say that, that lust and sex is still very hard for me. I mean, it's a daily struggle. I mean, we look, I took my kids to the water park the other day and you got women and sometimes girls, teenage girls wearing things that they ain't got no business wearing. You know, the, the sign on the door clearly says no thongs, but that ain't what I'm seeing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and these bathing suits ain't leaving much to the to the imagination. So you're literally having to take captive every thought that goes into your head when just somebody walks by when all you're trying to do is just have a nice enjoyable day with your children at a water park okay so when you're that addicted to sex and i'm still addicted to sex my wife will be the first one to tell you he's still addicted to sex he will not leave me alone yeah the only the only difference is i'm my addiction is now to her you know thank you jesus but I'm still very much addicted to that feeling of sex from her. And so when you're, when you're that far into addiction of, of sex and, and, and that kind of imagery that you've gone through your whole life feeling like you need it, a simple day at the water park can be very, very hard. Well, and you know, it, it don't even, doesn't have to, have to be a, a water park. Right. It, it could be just a, it could be a trip to Walmart. Yeah, that's true. So here we are. 2017, I finally give 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 it all. I'm like, okay, God, it's yours. Not only is my life yours, but my music is yours as well. In 2018, we start giving grace. And um, the musicians have changed since the beginning. But now giving grace is, is, is just me and Micah for right now. Um, and at first, when that happened, like I, I kind of thought it was a bad thing. And Micah's had to, had to remind me, do you know... And I did not realize this, but do you know when Jesus sent out quote unquote groups, how many people were in each group? Two. Two. He sent them out in twos. Me and Micah have been traveling, even with you, for the last year and a half, just me and him going to different CRs, doing acoustic, leading worship. And it did not really hit me until just the other day when we we, we just finished filming a, a promotional video of just me and Micah. Yeah, I, I know, and I noticed that uh, me and Drew of Unashamed was not invited for this promotional video. Definitely. definitely they wanted to keep invited. it in twos. That's right. Oh, right. yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well. That's right. You got your twos. We got our twos. That's why you keep telling people, like, I'm the new third third wheel. We're going to have to get a fourth one because it's supposed to be in twos. I can't, I can't you know, this, this is a tripod. We'll fall over. So it wasn't until just the other day, literally, that I realized... That Micah's been speaking the truth this whole time. Jesus has been sending us, God has been sending us out 
in twos to go lead worship. And so now, while we've just done just like a, a broad stroke of my addiction story, I want to focus on where I'm at now. God has completely revealed to me how grateful I need to be, just like we were talking about in the last episode. My day job is a transportation supervisor. I work from home. It pays the bills. Does it bring me joy? No. It's not what I had planned for my life. It's it's not what I even want to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. But I find joy in it. I'm able to find joy in it because God has given me so much. He's he's provided a beautiful house. Three children that that are healthy. I know so many people I see on Facebook like I've got a friend from back home her her son has been has had cancer his entire life and you know they find it they get rid of it and it comes back Mm. (laughs) I've never had to deal with that with my three children they've always been healthy yeah you know I'm so blessed beyond measure it's not the life I wanted yeah it's not the life I dreamed of I dreamed of the big house and the flashy cars and I got the gorgeous wife I got the awesome children but I didn't get the big house and the the cars and, and the money you know, and that's that's what I was living for. Yeah. But I've been blessed beyond measure. And I know that now. And I've really been able to soak that in by spending so much time with you crazy people in Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> well, you know, it's the Celebrate Recovery, the the people in Celebrate Recovery, they're a they're a whole other breed. <laughs> yeah, but it's in honestly it's it is a family. Yes. I tell people from, from, from the stage when we're leading worship, like, you need to understand when you come into a Celebrate Recovery or any recovery, like Bent Not Broken is not to Celebrate Recovery, but they're, they're a recovery program. Yeah. When you go into these faith-based recovery programs, you are in a safe space. Yes. And I, I really hate the words safe space, the way it's being used nowadays, but it, that's, that's the actual truth right there is these recovery these faith-based recovery programs are a safe space for you to be vulnerable, for you to give your inventory, as you're always talking about, yeah. for you to be able to serve that 12th step, go out and show what, what, what God has done for you, help somebody else. And we have to focus, and this is, this is why I am so passionate about going out and leading worship, is ask my kids the other day during a devotion, what, what do you feel like you know, God has called you to be or or who does God say you are? Yeah. That's what I said. Who does God say you are? And so they didn't really know. And so my my oldest, she goes, well, dad, who's God say you are? And I said, that's easy. God said, I'm a warrior. Mm. That's my job. I lead worship from a standpoint of going to battle every time I step up. Man, I want and I accept whatever comes my way afterwards. And I promise you, before I go lead worship, nine times out of ten, and after I lead worship, nine times out of ten, I am attacked by enemies that don't want me to do what I that I'm doing. They want me to get out of that 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 mindset. Well, and just think about you know how many times over the last year and a half we've gone somewhere, something has happened yeah. to try to keep us from from going to share. Right. It's 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 amazing now that I know about spiritual warfare. It's amazing to be able to, to that I can see it now. Shout out, being, shout out Jennifer Miller if you want to. You can go back and listen to uh, Confrontation of the Spirits about spiritual warfare in our recovery from two episodes ago. 
link in the show notes. Continue on, Palmer. Or you can always check out JenniferMillerMinistries.com. That's JenniferMillerMinistries.com. So, it's it's amazing how there are plenty of days where I don't feel like going to lead worship. Yeah. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being attacked. I've had a bad day. You know, something is going on. And I, and I don't want to go. And I've said this before. Have you seen us on stage? So a couple years ago, I bought me a Harley. I wanted to change my style a little bit. So I bought me a vest and want to be cool, right? I want to look cool when I ride my Harley. But I needed my vest to say something. It, it needed to have a message. And I saw a guy walking around in Silver Dollar City with a T-shirt on. And on the back of this shirt, it said, can I pray for you? And when I bought that vest, I said, that's what's got to be on the back of my yeah. vest. And so... Now that I don't have the Harley, you know, I had to give it up but for financial reasons. Still got the vest. I still got the vest. But why do I wear it when I go to, go to lead worship? I tell people almost every time we lead worship, I wear this vest because this is my armor. I mm. know when I put that vest on, I'm going to battle. That's right. And I'm ready. And God, and I know that God, this is what God called me for. Now, I'm not saying I'm David against Goliath, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I want to go lead worship. And I know Micah feels the exact same way. When we step foot on that stage or, or we get to go into these recovery places and we get to lead worship to bring people into the presence of the Father is such a gigantic responsibility that we do not take lightly. That's right. But I take it as I'm stepping onto the battleground. Mm. I'm ready to go to war. I want yeah. the enemy and his little minions to know that I'm going to try to do my best to be used by God every single day for his kingdom and to bring people to his kingdom. And it's, it's uh, amazing of how you went from in the spotlight, living in the casino, in the bar, to now out of the spotlight, a warrior leading worship. Yeah, I, I, and honestly, when I, at 2017, when I, I knew that God was finally ready for me to just lead, just be a Christian artist. I thought just like that, I'm about to be the next star on K Love. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be me, Zach Williams, and Newsboys. And Toby Mac. And Toby Mac. <laughs> you know? I really did. I thought it was gonna be that simple. Yeah. When we dropped our first two singles, um, which sound nothing like Given Grace now. They had more of a country twang to it because I had just come like, yeah. look, even after the metal days, when, when I did did covers, we did all different kind of covers. So when I came out of doing covers, I wanted I went back to trying to do country music. So if you go back and you go to on Spotify and go to Given Grace, check out the first two songs. They got a country twang to them. I can't help that. That's just how <laughs> my voice sounded at the time. Well, you know, I, I understand because, hey, when, I, when we started Understanding Recovery Podcast, when, when God laid down, I was like, all right, about to be the, the, the podcast we're, king. We're about to be the faith recovery version of Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get bought for $100 million by Spotify. Amen. And Spotify, work. if you are listening, <laughs> and Joe Rogan, if you want to uh, sponsor us, you can check us out at unashamedrecoverypodcast.com. I'm well, all about the spot ad right there in the middle. I know it. Well, as much as I hate to, because I could sit here for another two hours and, and, and chew the fat. But I feel like this was a, a great uh, testimony of, because it really wasn't a rock bottom. And that's what I actually kind of liked about this story yeah. was you don't have to have a rock bottom experience to uh, to know that you need help and to know that you need saving. You know, there, that rock bottom was coming. I was just yeah. I was just smart enough to see it coming. Well, and, and I I know that's the wrong words because I'm not the smartest. I'm not even the smartest dude in the room right now. There's only three of us, but <laughs> I was smart enough 
God had had an, had enough of my attention because yeah. I thought I was saved. I had been baptized when I was ten. I thought I was saved, and it wasn't until that moment on that elliptical where God truly saved yeah. me. But I I was smart enough to see it coming. Like I'm about to lose my wife, and we you know we ain't yeah. been married a year. You know I'm about to lose my wife. I'm gonna lose all, all you know my uh, my adopted daughter. You know I'm gonna lose what I'm, yeah. I've been working for. And so I knew rock bottom was coming. That's the only that's that's God's grace. Like he yeah. he showed me rock bottom was coming before. And so there there could have been I could have lost it all. I could have been just like, you know, just like our friend John G. I could have been just like him. I could have been out on the streets. I could have been doing drugs. Th- this episode from, is moments away from a suicide. Right. Th- we could me. I could do a whole episode on my my suicidal thoughts from you know my my uh, rock star days because when you get a high. Of, of rocking a crowd and then come home to be by yourself. Yeah. It is the highest of high to the lowest of low. So we mm. can do a whole episode on that. But I could have been just like John out out on my own, out on the streets because mm. of of my addiction yeah. to what I needed. And it, it, and look, I know we're calling this sex, drugs, and rock and roll, not so much drugs. <laughs> I, I, I didn't dabble in the drugs very often. I have smoked weed. Yeah. But that, that's as far as it went for me. You know, I wanted the fame, the fortune, and I wanted the sex. Yeah. Drew, you got anything? Drew hadn't talked but like three words this whole time. Drew, <laughs> hit me with <laughs> Drew, I need you to hit me some look, if y'all heard this the last podcast the last episode, you know that Drew be hitting me with some knowledge. And I need some knowledge today, Drew. Hit me hit me with something powerful like uh, if nothing changes, nothing changes. <laughs> that what you got it. in your bag of trips today there. I think, Drew? I, think, I think that's it. That was it. Oh, that I, was it. I, I, I think that's his go-to. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting tattoos this weekend that's saying if nothing, if nothing changes, changes, nothing, nothing changes. changes. <laughs> It'll be NC squared. Yeah. <laughs> Let me end with this. Let me just go say ahead. that um, I've kind of come in just to help with the audio side. I know we've had some issues with the audio side <laughs> that I'm, I'm truly working we've on. Had, Ho- hopefully, We've had issues with audio for four years now. Well, yeah. I, I think our listeners are used to it. I, I'm hopefully getting us on the right side on that, and that's all I truly came in, in to do was to just help on the audio side. The fact that y'all actually want me to speak up and, and, and say things, that's awesome. We, we, I, I like it. Drew, what, what? I like it. Yeah. And if that's going to continue, I felt like yeah. your listeners need to know who I am. Yeah. Right. And so, Palmer is a recovering addict That's of right. sex and uh, pride and well, anger. And I, I like it because, you know, this isn't a show that is telling you about recovery things and we've never been through it ourselves. Like right. This right. is a show <clears throat> from people who have walked it. Live, lived it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. How do you so, go to a, a therapist that's never been through the things that you've gone through? That's you right. It's really hard when to you talk come to them. when I you come to you a that. celebrate recovery, you know those people. And when you come to Unashamed Recovery Podcast, you know that these people that are talking to you have been through a lot of times the same things that you've gone right. through. You they, know, whereas Drew didn't Drew didn't go through sex and porn like me and you have, but, but he still knows the feeling of right. that that gotta have that it that draw yeah. and pulls yeah. you. So I mean it's all a, just a, addiction it's, it's is the addiction. same thing with a different name. Yeah, right. addiction is addiction. Well, as much as I hate to, we're going to wrap this thing up. Guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Unashamed Recovery Podcast. Uh, I hope this episode has been a, a, a light of hope for you that are in the darkness of addiction. I hope you've heard something that has stuck with you and that you can take with you. Uh, that, that's the 
the amazing thing about these podcast episodes is catching little snippets of of wisdom that you can put in your recovery tool belt and take with you. If you are wanting more recovery content, just visit our new website, unashamedrecovery.com. That's one word, unashamedrecovery.com. And there you can find all kinds of sobriety and recovery themed content, including blogs, Bible reading plans, and much, much more. Also, you can donate to the show there to help us to continue to spread hope to those still in the darkness of addiction. And also, I urge you to go check out more recovery podcasts over at Take 12 Recovery Radio, the Recovery Podcast Network. And that link is in our show notes and also in our website under our Partners tab. That is all for this episode. Remember to stay sober and above all else to keep on 12-stepping as you stay unashamed. We love y'all. We'll see you next time. Love you guys. See ya.